right? So yeah. we've, we've, we've become addicted to temporary trips in his presence instead of hungry to live in his glory. It's like we're chasing a high. Yes, we're chasing a high. That feel-good moment with God. Now, here's the thing. That feel-good moment with God, like his, in his presence, if that's not leading towards a transformation in the way that we live our lives, yo, you are just idolizing that experience, this experience, and you're not pursuing and desiring the person of God, like yeah. who he actually is and what he's done and what he continues to do in our lives and the lives of others, right? The greatest command, love your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. As yourself. But yet you're locked in your closet, in your prayer closet. Because to you, the most important thing is these moments, these moments of feeling this specific way and, and feeling the presence of God and the crying and all these other emotions, which I'm not saying is bad. Yeah. But if it's not transforming to something deeper than that, then we're missing the whole picture. I just don't believe that we were saved to stumble our way through life, this side of heaven. I believe that we should respond to his saving grace with life that glorifies him in every way, both the spiritual and the practical. Welcome to the Save Talk podcast um, episode, I don't know, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm here with my brother Guy. And we were talking earlier about how we're in this like day and age where it's like a free for all for our desires. Whatever you desire, you give into. Right. And it doesn't matter what it is. Like if you desire something, go after it, consume it, take it, whatever. Um, so we were just kind of engaging in that. It was like, hey, we need to have a conversation about this because our desires matter, right? Because our desires shape who we are. At the end of the day, you're desiring after something, you got to understand that whatever that thing is, that's going to transform you. It's going to have a, a an, an implication, impact. yeah, an impact on your identity overall. And I I don't think we we always realize that that our desires actually shape us. Yeah, it it makes you do what you want to do. Like, you will stop at nothing to achieve your desire, even if it includes hurting other people. Yeah. If it, even if it includes putting your own body through pain, right? So if you desire to have a certain physique, like, it's going to shape how you schedule your day. It's going to shape what you eat. It's going to shape everything that you, that, 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 um, that you do. So I think... Sometimes, you know, um, even believers, I think that, that, that can be a confusing topic for believers. Like, how do I know what to desire yeah. as a believer, especially for brand new believers who probably don't know scripture um, as well? Like, how do I know what to desire? Is, is me desiring money a good thing or a bad thing? Is me searching after money or giving everything I have towards something? that I desire, um, is it a bad thing? Um, but I think in order for us to have a complete understanding of what desires um, that are good or are evil or that are bad, I think we need to understand like where our desires even come from. Yeah. Like how do we desire things? Where does that come from? Is it 
Does it come from Satan? Does it come from our environment? Does it come from our upbringing? Cultural things? You know, and I think scripture has given us a clear understanding or a clear picture of of where our desires come from. So right. I think in order right. for us to to even un begin to understand what God desires of us and even to understand what our good or bad desires, we need to understand where they come from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's good. I mean, I think when you're when you're talking about that, like where do our desires come from? I think as Christians, we can go back to the very beginning where we see this scene in the garden mm. where you have, you know, Adam and Eve wanting for nothing, right? Mm -hmm. Because they were one with God. There was no sin. There was no wickedness. There was nothing separating Adam and Eve and the father. They were provided for. They had the fruits, the trees, the animals, like, like heaven on earth. You get what I'm saying? Heaven on earth. That's like the perfect picture of like heaven on earth. But then you have this interesting scene where Satan has this conversation or, or the devil has this conversation with Eve and begins to paint a picture of this potential like deficiency that she has, right? Like, and he's pointing at the tree that God says, like, stay away from because this will surely lead to, to your death, right? To your end. And Satan paints this picture like, well, actually, you won't surely die, but this, this, this fruit will add to you. It will actually add to your life. It'll give you something that you don't currently have. Like it'll give you this knowledge, this wisdom to know both good and evil. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's like good. He he prayed on their desire to be wise. Well, well, well. They didn't have a desire to be wise prior to that conversation. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So so he the actually really instilled say. the desire. Mm -hmm. He instilled that in her by saying, hey. There's something better than perfect unity with God. Because God's holding something from you. Mm -hmm. And I think in that sense, I mean, from that scene of them disobeying God, taking a bite of the fruit, right? Now, death and destruction has plagued this earth, has plagued people. We know this. Now we're susceptible to the evils of this world. And scripture lets us know that we're born into this world, born into sin, and our hearts wander constantly away from God, pursuing the things that are evil. Yeah. So it's like when we think about where these desires come from, we can see that these desires come from a separation between us and God. And now we're susceptible to all kinds of different desires and thoughts and thoughts and, and, and wants that are not good for us. Definitely. So do you think it's safe to say, be, so even before we can even talk about where those desire come from, do you think now we have to speak about the state of our heart after, well, yeah. after, after the fall, the scene in the garden? Yeah, yeah. Right. So the, you know, scripture talks about above all, our hearts is wicked yep. and who can trust it. Yep. Right. So. If we go back to Mark, Mark 7, 20, 20, 20 to 23, the, you know, scripture clearly takes about like, oh, like our evil thoughts come from within us. Yeah. 
right? Our evil thoughts, our evil desires, our desires come from our hearts, our innermost being. Yeah. Right? And in our falling states, in our falling state, naturally, our desires are going to be in opposition. 100%. To God's will. 100%. In opposition to whatever 100%. it is that God desire for us and i think that's such a great point because when you when as christians when we lack humility mm -hmm. and self-awareness and we don't spend enough time renewing our minds i think part of renewing your mind is acknowledging the unhealthy thoughts that you have in your mind acknowledging the the the, the unhealthy the, desires yeah your unhealthy desires that are flowing from your heart mm -hmm. and dealing with those things when we don't do that enough we begin to forget that our inclination is towards evil it's not towards good all the time so we start to pacify or make excuses for the wicked desires that we actually have and call them now good yeah scripture even refers to this like yeah. how how it's like we take we take the things that are actually bad and we now say oh this is now good yeah you know what i'm saying like <laughs> yeah and and we see that culturally now yeah, yeah. you know um there's this thing that's going on worldwide that if you desire to be a certain way or if you desire to change your gender yeah if you desire to be this you could be it just do it just do it and it's good and not only is good is that now we have to accept it. and not only we have to accept you as that and and it's to the point where it's like anyone who stands in the way from you giving into your desire is now going to be punished. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and they're not showing love. Yeah. You know? Um, so, so it's crazy, man. So, so yeah. So I think in order for us, like I said in the beginning, man, in order for us to understand um, the rightful desires, we have to understand where they come from. And according to scripture, in our fallen state, whatever we desire is going to be in direct, opposition to God because most if not all of our desires come from within the deepest parts of our hearts and that's the reason why it shapes yeah all right because our hearts reveal who we are yeah and and our our desires lead to behaviors you know our desires lead to certain habits mm -hmm. it's like you were saying earlier like if you think about the desire to like become fit and look a certain way mm -hmm. right well what are you going to do you're going to start going to the gym you're going to start training you're going to start working out you're going to start looking at the way that you eat and changing your diet. And eventually what started as a desire or just a thought like turned into a transformation that shows up in reality. In reality. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Um, but yeah, like it's, it's important to understand that like desires aren't just desires. They don't just stay as like this, a thought, a thought. you know what I mean? Like eventually they transform who you are and i don't think we often take the time to think through where would this lead lead me yeah right as christian men that have a desire ultimately because of your walk with god to have a healthy marriage or be in a healthy relationship right yeah, yeah are yeah. are you are you thinking through that hey this constant desire that i have for these these women that you know have the sex appeal 
you know, is is drawing about this 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 thirst and 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 craving. Do you think that that having that desire and being okay with that desire and not dealing with that desire is going to lead to eventually a successful, healthy marriage? No. There are statistics that show the more women that men are sexually active with, the harder it is for them to have a faithful relationship, relationship. and long-standing relationship. Yeah. How can you have a successful relationship with your wife if you can't be faithful? Yeah. So if we're not thinking through, yo, this desire that I currently have is where is this leading me? We are constantly going to fall ourselves ensnared by Satan, by the enemy. By the enemy. And not only what is leading me, but I think, like, where is it coming from also? Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because, um, so, see, the thing about desires is that it revealed the motive of our hearts. Yep. Right? It reveals the motive of our hearts. And our hearts reveal two things. Right? Either our hearts reveal our sinful agenda. Or a longing for like heavenly reality, right? And 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 we know that to be true. That's why, you know, we seek things that brings us pleasure, greed, and not only we seek them, we 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 act upon them, right? We desire yeah. them and we act upon them. But then at the same time, we long for justice to be served. Yeah. Yeah. At the same time, we long for leaders that's not corrupt. Yeah. At the same time, we long for parents to treat their kids. So our hearts not only <laughs> reveals our sinful agenda, but it reveals realities, like heavenly reality. Yeah. Like our longing for what is right, our longing our, for God, our longing for 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 what is God. So so it's not only like you know, man, where are my desires leading me? If I continue in them, but like. What, where is it coming from? Is is it is it coming from a sinful agenda, or is it coming from a place where man, I want this to be a heavenly reality? You get what I'm saying? So, yeah, I would, I would, I think, I think, ultimately, we're gonna get to, towards this at the end, but more than just like, is it coming from? It's not coming from a, a place of desiring a heavenly reality. I think it's. When our desires are aligned properly and our desires are for what is right, it's coming from someone. You know what I'm saying? Like okay. the influence of any desire we see in the garden, it came from someone. It came from the enemy. It came from the devil, right? Our desires for what is right, we see in scripture that that comes from the Holy Spirit. That comes from God, you know? So it, it, we, we like to separate that and, and pretend as if, well, no, it doesn't come from God. It doesn't come from the devil right this is just something i want what's wrong mm -hmm. with that mm -hmm. you know what i mean like we like to sit like over sometimes oversimplify things and it's like no nah, like there's a source to your desires like there's a root to your desires it's coming from someone it's coming from something like we are constantly influenced all day long mm -hmm. so so you will argue that um that your desires is influenced more by an outside source more than within yourself. Well, I think that... Or is it a combination of both? Yeah, yeah. I think that in order for something to be even become a desire, we have to get an idea first. 
we we have to have a thought. That thought is influenced. You get what I'm saying? So I'll give I'll give you a perfect example. You have the example of Solomon, um, before he became king, mm -hmm. and David tells him, "Hey, know the God that you serve, the God of my fathers, mm -hmm. and make sure that you." obey him and follow after his words right after his commands right solomon becomes king and it starts off in i think it's uh, first kings uh chapter three i might be i could be wrong but it says it starts off with solomon loved god okay. yeah. right and it says that he um gave th a thousand offerings on the high places was the only one doing it right mm -hmm. we see that he started off in the right path he loved god but then you fast forward a little bit on scripture and all of a sudden it's saying that Solomon loved these foreign women after God had told him twice in a dream, don't, don't, yeah. don't mess with them. So something had to happen. There had to be some type of influence for Solomon to go from fully loving God to now having a divided heart those women. because he's got 700 wives, wives. 300 concubines, right? And they're all women that God said, stay away from. Yeah. So it makes me think back to the garden. Yeah. Where there was a tree. The tree was what? That woman. It's no different. It's the same story that's repeated. Satan uses the same tactics over and over and over, over again. again in our lives and just changes the package. So you have the women that God said, stay away from. No different when God said, stay away from the tree. Satan comes in and gives him an idea. Solomon, you're wise. You're wiser than everyone else. Mm -hmm. It could have been, I believe, Solomon, you can have both. Because of the wisdom God has given you, you can actually have both. You can actually maintain and deal with these women. You can, you can change their hearts yeah. and point them towards God. So you can still have these women because yeah. they're beautiful yeah. and serve God. Yeah. There's a lie there that we take on. And now Solomon begins to look at the woman differently. In the beginning, when he fully loved God, Th that woman had no place yeah you know what i'm saying so yeah. so i think that i think there's influence i think satan plays a huge role in the ideas that we begin to conjure up in our mind that eventually turn into actually heart-rooted desires heart -rooted desires yeah yeah um what, what what i would say what i would say is i think even with our thoughts i think with our, with our desires i think in our fallen state yeah and in our fallen state um, I think that it's, it starts within. And then after that, I think outside influences bring, brings it to life. I think what you're describing, though, when you say it starts within, you're, you're just describing a, a susceptible, a susceptibility that we have. Okay. We are susceptible because we have broken hearts. At, in the garden, we weren't susceptible. We weren't susceptible to sin because we had yeah, never and, tasted, we had never seen, we but, had never heard. But, but, then then the question is then how you would decipher mark 7 20 to 23 where it talks about our evil thoughts it says evil thoughts yeah. desires or even in matthew what where and this is jesus talking where it talks about now i'm not denying that there's no outside influence of course yeah, there yeah, is yeah, for sure for you sure. know what i'm saying so i'm not denying yeah. that but then it talks about like like so we're talking about in our fallen state that our evil thoughts, desires, and it lists other different things, but you know, we're going to focus on those two yeah. that is from our 
innermost being. That's the reason why, like, even before we talked about, we talked about like the heart is is inherent is yep. inherently, inherently wicked. wicked. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Right, is inherently yeah. wicked. Um, yeah, and so who I'm, could I'm, trust yeah, it so I'm above tracking all? With you. I, I'm for sure tracking. So, so, so it's more than just. I would agree. I would agree. It's more than just a susceptibility. It, it, it. There are, there are, in other words, there are states in which, without any type of influence, we could have these wicked desires. These wicked desires. Which yeah. is, which could point towards like, you have these kids that grow up, and maybe their parents weren't like physically violent or abusive in the house. Maybe their parents were very loving, but yet yeah. they have this innate desire to kill animals. Yeah. Like torture, torture, torture little, to little, lizards. torture, little lizards, or whatever the case may be. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm tracking with you. So, for sure. Um. So, so yeah. So, of course, there's, there's, and then later we'll bring that, that about, about you know how do then we start having good desires or or desires are pleasing to God. Um. But then, so I guess the next thing would be how what does Scripture talks about? How do we deal with those thoughts or the desire that are not pleasing to God? How do we deal with those desires that scripture talk about that are evil desires? Yeah. Right? So what would you say to that? Well, I mean, a few, I can't remember. I think it's Mark. I don't know if it's Mark 4. I can't remember what scripture it is specifically where it's located. I think it's in Mark. But it talks about um, what we should think upon. Like, mm -hmm. think upon these things, whatever is good, whatever is pure, whatever is right, whatever is patient, whatever, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that we have to, we actually have to, scripture also refers to taking your thoughts captive. Yeah. So, so one of the things we have to do is like, we have to be responsible for our thoughts. We well, don't just, we're not meant to just, now that we have been renewed in Christ, through Christ, right? Our eyes have been opened to truth. We now have to be responsible for the way that we think. Mm -hmm. We can't just let it do what it wants. We can't just let our mind just wander, right? That's why it's like you get your eye gets caught on to a, a a woman. What are we supposed to do? Do we just continue to stare and then let our thoughts take over and then take it where we want because we know how our imagination works? Mm -hmm. Now we're actually supposed to turn away and then think upon the things that are right. Think upon the things that are true. Think upon the things that are good, right? That all points back to Christ. Yeah. So that that right off the top of my head, that that's that's. I mean, I have some other things that I could say as well. But definitely, definitely, I think um in in Colossians three, you know, the Bible. Um, so the idea of Colossians three or the theme of Colossians three is is being made alive in Christ. Yep. Right. Um. So in the, in the beginning, the author talks about like this is what it looks like to be made alive in Christ. Right. Then on three five, it starts talking about. In light of being made alive in Christ and you doing this, put these things to death. Right? So it gives the same language as, you know, in Matthew, when, when Jesus is talking about if your right hand caused you to sin, cut it off if your eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's kind of the same language um, that it uses. So it's saying put these things to death. And it talks about, I mean, one of those things is, is evil desires putting evil desires to death. So I think there's a couple ways um, that we can do that. One is, be, like you said, being captive. Taking our thoughts um, captive. Taking our thoughts captive. Um, 
but then I think the second part of it is also having the right mindset and having the right understanding that that's not something that we can do on our own. In other words, we can't we can't fight off these wicked desires or keep them at bay apart from God. Apart from God. Facts. Right? Because in Psalms 37, it talks about, you know, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's to say, like, like, in order for me to put my own desires or my own evil desires to death, like, that's not something that I could do on my own. Yeah, because, because I have to, I have to delight in God. I have to put my thoughts and my desires and my emphasis towards him, which will ultimately renew mm -hmm. my, desires my desires to where they align with his. But let's talk about this, right? That, that, that scripture, because... Earlier, I was talk I was talking to you, and I was telling you, man, like scriptures like that, like they frustrate me. I don't like them. Yeah, yeah, right. Because it seems so simple. Like it's it's like one plus one equals two. Yeah, delight in the Lord, and He will give me the desires of my heart. So, so to me, man, for most of my Christian walk, right, delighting in in the Lord meant to me delighting. And what God has blessed me with. Yeah. Was God, what God has given me. Because in earlier episodes, I talked about, like, I haven't really had a challenge in life. Up until my divorce. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I was raised in a well family. I always had everything that I wanted. I prayed for, for a wife and I got it. I prayed for a daughter and I got it. I prayed for things and I got it. So to me, that scripture was like, oh, if I delight in, in God, he's going to give me whatever it is that I ask for. That's my understanding. Yeah. Or that was my understanding. So, you know, so it was a simple. Yeah, but what does it mean to desire in God, though? One plus one equals two. But, but what I'm saying is if because people will say, OK, you were doing the right thing by delighting in God. But I think we have to unpack that a little bit. Of course. So, so of course, because most people think delighting in God is like a, is doing what I was doing is delighting in the things that He provides. That's what I was doing. Yes, exactly, exactly. So it wasn't delighting in Him; it was delighting in His capabilities, His attributes, was, His capabilities, was, was, His blessings. I, I wouldn't even point towards attributes. I his would, blessings. Oh, go ahead. I would point towards. I would point towards. It's the. It's delighting in the things that he could give me, the things he could give me, because yeah. in that space, we're appealing to our, we're appealing to our flesh. So it's like I serve God because if he could do this thing for me versus if you're actually delighting in his attributes, it means now that you're delighting in the in the person of Christ, in the person. You know what sure. I'm saying? Like the individual of God, his love, his patience, his kindness. Yeah. When we actually do that, that transforms. Now our desires, our desires, and it, and it's crazy because it goes back to what we talk about how our desires shapes who we are. Mm -hmm. So 
in a sense, me delighting in the things that God can provide for me just so I can get my desire, even shape how I viewed God. Oh, 100%. At that time. 100%. God is, becomes your genie. He becomes you know? your genie. Yeah. Even shape how yeah. I prayed. Even shape how I treat people. Even shape the things that I said. Like, it's, it's, it's just crazy when you think about, yeah. when you think about those things, how it comes full circle. You know what I'm saying? It's just crazy, man. That's, I want to share, I want to share a story. That's crazy. I want to share a story. There was a time in my life that really highlighted my desire for God or not. Like, it, 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 it became very plain whether I truly desired God. And that was during that dark season where I was getting my divorce, right? and I knew at that point that God was not going to restore my relationship. I had gone through counseling and therapy and was doing all these different things. And my ex-wife was just drifting farther and farther and farther and farther away. Next thing you know, I'm thinking to myself, like, you know what? God's not restoring my marriage. What is the point? The things that was running through my head was like, I've been serving God since I was a young child i was born in the church i've been pastoring from the age of 19 not doing the things that i wanted to do because i was concerned with the things of god i cared about the things of god excuse you um so in my mind i'm thinking to myself so this is what i get like investing right in my mind i was like in, I'm, I'm investing in god my whole life and i'm at 20 what 25 years old 26 years old after a seven-year marriage and it's all falling Apart. to crap and in, and in a shameful embarrassing way bump that i'm not i'm not serving god because this ain't worth it mm -hmm. from that point i went on to give into all my fleshly desires and do what i wanted to do but there were strings attached which which clearly showed me at that point that it was like man it made me really question my love for god yeah was I loving God because of who he is? Now, have you? There was a lot that I didn't understand back then. Um, I lacked a lot of knowledge in, in really understanding the gospel, I would say. So even my view of God was unhealthy, which I, I believe played a contributing role into my response. But nonetheless, it shows that when the thing that I wanted most, the thing that I wanted most was not given to me and it caused me to turn away from God, it was never about God in the first place. It was. It was just like you said, I was serving God because of all the things that he could give me. And there's a lot of people out there right now, especially based on the response that we got from one of the last posts uh, that went viral. Like there's a lot of broken relationships out there. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are in situations where they're with someone that is either turned away from God or is turning away from God. And it's affecting their relationship. And the, 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 the reality is it's in, it's in situations like this where the ones that are attempting to stand in the gap, our hearts get exposed. Mm -hmm. So like what happens to the ones that a year from now that marriage falls apart or a week from now that marriage falls apart? Do they remain steadfast? Do they continue to serve God? Or do they say, you know what? Like bump that. God didn't give me what I wanted. Now I'm going to go out and live however I want. That points to 
our foundation of 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 in regards to our relationship with God. Christ says, least ye build, least ye build upon me, you build in vain. Yeah. Even our relationships. If Christ is in the center of our relationships, yo, that relationship we're building is in vain. It's gonna fall. Yeah. It's gonna fall. Yeah. You know, and and that was a real moment for me because it it was like I, the mirror was held up and it's like, yo, your love for God was faulty. It was faulty. You know? So. Yeah, not nah, man, that's real. That's real. And there's a lot of people that's that's experiencing, like you said, that's experiencing the exact same thing. Yeah. It may it, it may not even be with a relationship, it may be with a death. Yeah. yeah dealing with true, death. It may true. be dealing um with depression. It may be dealing yeah. with anxiety. Some type like, of loss. Some type of loss. Yeah. Um, and then when we feel like God doesn't give us whatever desire, the thing, or, the thing that we desire, or the outcome that the we, outcome the, yeah. that we desire, then um, then we walk away, you know, and that shows that we was never we were delighting in God Himself. Yeah. You know, so 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 I think, you know, like delighting in the Lord, man, it just means, like we take refuge and our confidence and our foundation on who God is. Yes. And what he's done and what he's done and his faithfulness and his love for us, despite whatever circumstance that we're in. Right. And then once we start to do that, once we start to trust God as sovereign, as loving, as a good Mm -hmm. father, as gyro, once we start to trust that, then he would insert into our heart the reality of heavenly things, the reality of my desire is whatever it is that pleases you. Yeah, facts. My desire facts. is your will. So I think that's what that scripture means. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good where you get to the point where what you ask is in line with the desires of God. We see that again with Solomon before he strayed exactly. away. God went to Solomon because he was he was pleased with Solomon in the way that Solomon loved him and said, hey, what is it that you want? And Solomon didn't ask for a bigger house. He didn't ask for this thing. He didn't ask for that someone. Like what he asked for was give me the wisdom to lead your people. In other words, he's saying to God, like, give me what gives back to you yeah. or give me what pleases you. Yeah. He knew that what mattered to god was his people yeah because god loves his people so solomon is saying like man give me the wisdom so that i can i can love your people well i can lead your people well yeah so when you start asking like that then god follows up and says well because you asked for that because your heart is aligned with mine i'm gonna give you all the other things all the other things yeah and that starts with humility Facts. Man, and, and Facts. I, also things that come that comes with one thing maybe you talked about earlier is realizing your humanity too because we we spoke about what me and you spoke uh, yesterday, and you brought up a point that that most people thinks believe that there's limits to their desire. Mm, okay, unpack that a little bit. I know I I, I know what you're saying, but right, but unpack. Like most people think I can never desire this. As far as like levels to wickedness, levels or... to wickedness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um. I could never desire to be with another man or another woman if you're in a marriage. Yeah, yeah. Right? I can, man, that person, I could never desire to kill somebody. Yeah, facts. That's good. Like, That's good. 
when when we are separated from God, there is no limit, limit. to the evil in our hearts. Yo, I got another story for this one. Dude. <laughs> there is no limit it, to the evil that we can do. You know, when I realized that that I'm capable of doing the most wicked things, mm-hmm. it was when I was working for a mental mental health um, nonprofit organization, and I was si- I was assigned to work in the psych ward mm-hmm. in one of the jails. Psych ward in one of the jails in, in, in Broward County. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that they do is they ask you, who are you willing to meet with? What type of clients are you not willing to meet with? Because you're there as like a support for them, try to point them in the right direction, get them connected with services. You connect them with a social worker, a therapist, all this, all that type of stuff. And I left it blank because I was like, you know, I, I don't want to limit like the ways in which God can use me or whatever the case may be. Yeah. And I had some freedom to share my faith and stuff like that as well. But I remember showing up to this, the, I forgot which jail it was. And as I'm walking through the jail, I noticed, I was like, this ain't a woman's jail. And I thought I saw women in the jail. And then I started to continue to look. And then I realized that I was in the part of the jail where they hold, you know, the um, transgender, homosexuals and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So I sit down and I'm thinking to myself like, oh shoot, like I've, I I haven't had a client like this Mm -hmm. and I don't even know what to expect because I didn't read the file prior to. And a young man comes out and sits in front of him and we just start having conversation. And he starts to tell me about like his story and how he grew up. You know, and his parents were two hardworking people, immigrants. So they worked around the clock and it was him and his little brother and no one to watch them. But they had to work. They were just trying to survive. Yeah. So they ended up making friends with a neighbor. Asked that neighbor, hey, we'll pay you if you watch our kids, because I guess he was working from home. Mm. Most people will say that's unwise, blah, blah, blah. But we don't know what it's like to be in situations like that. We right. Don't. So this neighbor starts watching them. And this neighbor happens to be a pedophile and w- started watching porn in front of them both of them a young age i think one brother was like in in at the time he was in middle school and the other the other brother was in elementary school at the time the older one the one that i was sitting in front of him was in middle school at that time yeah watching make and the, the guy would make him watch that stuff and in this culture and i'm not going to name the culture but in this culture like there's not much talking yeah parents don't really have a lot of conversation, conversation with, the kids. B- with the kids it's not like that you know and the parents for months not, didn't know what was going on. Next thing you know, now the, the babysitter is having the brother do stuff to the younger brother and vice versa. Then he's having them do stuff to him. Yeah. Next thing you know, now the, the older brother is growing up in this environment and then starts having his little brother bring friends over and is doing the same thing that yeah. the sitter was doing. was doing. Now this guy's in jail for rape and molestation mm-hmm. right the, the older brother the older brother yeah and that's who i'm sitting in front of that's yeah. who i'm talking to right now yeah. and i can remember at one point like i looked at people like that with a sense of like distaste and like like i could never do that i could ne- I, I would never you know what i'm saying but i'm sitting in front of this kid this young man and i'm hearing his story and i'm like yo what if 
I grew up like that. And that's, that's all I knew from a child. By the grace of God, by the grace of God, I wasn't. But who's to say that me growing up in that environment, I wouldn't have fallen into those desires because our hearts are wicked. Mm -hmm. So we're susceptible to that. So who's to say that I wouldn't have started doing the same thing? Bro, that changed my life, man. I left that, that jail that day. I got in my car and I just started weeping. Yeah. I just started weeping because I, it, it was like, it was the first time that I was able to see, look at people that are deemed these horrible, wicked people and, and actually hear their story. I, I never saw in front of, sat in front of someone that committed rape yeah. or molestation or anything like that. I've only, yeah. I've only seen it at a distance, yeah. but it just goes to show like, nah. By the grace of God, I'm, I could fall into any sin. Yeah. Yeah. We, realizing the state of, or, or, actually realizing our humanity. Yeah. I would real. say it's a beginning to change. Yeah. It's a beginning to change and seek the things of God. Absolutely. And seek after God's heart. Yeah. Um, Humility is powerful. Powerful. Humility is powerful. Powerful. You know, and that's the gospel before we can accept another person rule mm -hmm. we have to come to terms that we are not it yep man that we cannot do it at all we yo, have to come to those terms one of the first things and tell me if i'm wrong because you have friends too that have walked away from the faith yes but what is one of the first things you see vanish when they walk away from the faith it's humility humility would you agree with that i, I know Definitely. i just spoke for you i no, spoke for you just now but would you agree that one of the first things that, of course. that you see leave a person is this overemphasizing on themselves, like me, like it's the about things, me, it's important, you know, it's the I. The things eat, that they desire. Yeah, exactly. It's all about them. And you don't, you don't see that humility anymore. You don't see that humility. So desire is attached to first being humble and humility yeah because once that goes away then it's all about i yeah. like you know oh god is not doing it for me anymore because i does the like the things that of god is not pleasing is not desirable to me yeah anymore so um so this is a good talk man yeah for sure our good desires talk. our desires are our desires shape who we are shape who we are and in order for us to understand we are we have to know where our desires come from absolutely not only where it comes from we have to know what the bible talks about desires um we have to know how god feels about our desires yep. um and then ultimately our desires should point towards him our, our, they should be for him for him yeah and trust and trust and this is the hard part our, des our desires should be for God, but that requires us to trust that God is capable of providing us with the needs and even the wants of our heart. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, think, because I don't want to come off as insensitive either. Like, I, back when my desire was to have my marriage restored, that is not a bad desire. That is not. To have, your, to have a desire to have a broken marriage restored, that is not bad. That is not wrong whatsoever. The problem comes in when our desire to have that marriage restores, restored supersedes our, our desire and our trust in God.
that's yeah. when the pro- that's when the problem shows up. So so how would you so you know how the Bible talks about evil desires or or so how would you describe what evil desires are? Is it idolatry? Is it idolatry? Uh, yeah, but would you say is it more of the obvious like lust? No. Or anger. But so so, so you think any desire that leads to idolatry which is which is placing that thing or desire above God, that becomes your God. That we do this in the God. church, bro. We do this in the church. What was that post that I just showed you? With the um, there was a lady the, that the, was preaching, the lady preaching, and she she said something that I, I just man I I find was was just so powerful because the enemy would disguise what we think as healthy desires and turn them into idols. She said this. First, she unpacks. She says, think about it. How many Christians are waiting for church services as an and work like in, in times of worship so they can have their like just kind of their tanks, I guess, refilled to some degree. Like the way she put it was a little bit different. But she said this. She said, we, we have become addicted to a temporary trips into his presence instead of hungry to live in his glory right so yeah. we we've we've become addicted to temporary trips in his presence instead of hungry to live in his glory it's like we're chasing a high yes we're chasing a high that feel good moment with god now here's the thing that feel good moment with god like his in, in his presence if that's not leading towards a transformation in the way that we live our lives yo you are just idolizing that experience this experience and you're not pursuing and desiring the person of god like yeah who he actually is and what he's done and what he continues to do in our lives and the lives of others right the greatest command love your god with all your heart mind soul and strength and love your neighbor as yourself yourself. but yet you're locked in your closet in your prayer closet because to you the most important thing is these moments these moments of feeling this specific way and and feeling the presence of god and the crying and all these other emotions which i'm not saying is bad yeah but if it's not transforming to something deeper than that, then we're missing the whole picture. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, our, any wicked desire is a desire, again, that makes something apart from God himself our God. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I think the one thing that, that we should also bring out is not that once we delight in the Lord, that those temptation to have those type of desire goes away oh yeah it's a constant battle right it's a constant um battle and i think the beauty of delighting in god is that god is always and also faithful to forgive those desires that we have yeah, yeah. because as believers you still i still have a crazy amount of evil desires, desires that ultimately will fulfill my needs and my wants, right? But then I think it's important for us to know that that those doesn't go away. That's why the spiritual yeah. warfare, because if it did, then at conversion, then we would have no other. Like yeah. once we convert, all of our evil desires will go away. But exactly. that's not the case. They're still there. Um, that's so- why scripture scripture says, "Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flows." 
the springs of life. The spring of life. Vigilance means be on guard. Be on guard. Like be careful. Yeah. Watch what you're doing, what you're saying, what you're listening to. And oppose it. Yeah. And 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 uh um resist, you know. Resist but, it, um, man. So um yeah, so I hope this conversation was was helpful. Um, fruitful. Yeah. Fruitful. Um to um our listeners. Um if you have any questions, um leave it in the comments. Um, leave it on our page. And um, yeah, see you next time. Catch you guys on the next one. Love y'all.